You're listening to the A Connector Podcast with host Mark Foreman. Let's get connecting. Yeah.
Well, Dan, I want to welcome you to A Connector. It's so good to have you. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. you're quite welcome. Now, uh, we were just talking uh, off mic about basically, I think like in 2005 or so, we had some contact because um, a mutual, well, a friend of mine, Aaron Mikulski, who is a, a roadie for like tons of people, knew your brother Chris, and uh, I don't think he ever worked with him, but just from the music business, uh, Aaron was telling me how there were di- he met Chris at different times in New York, either like in rehearsal studios or recording studios, cool, cool. and so yeah. we cool. we did a podcast back there because I I knew of Chris. I actually okay, I've been living in Taiwan for like by now 33 years. At that time, it was maybe half mm-hmm. of them. Let's say 20. <laughs> And so wow. I knew of Chris's stuff before I left because I think that's when Chris started. I left, I left in 1987, so do the math for a minute. That's about wow. when Chris was breaking, right? Would that be about that's – when, that's when Chris was really starting to break with his recording career? Um, in X, uh, like 90, early, early 90. Early 90s? So he didn't have anything recorded like, by like 87, you don't think? Oh, he had like he had some stuff. Um, he had he was he had some demos recorded, and okay. then he had he recorded some stuff in Belgium. It was there all was right. So maybe my timeline yeah. wasn't the stuff he became okay. So that he became known for right. Okay, well anyway, if I got here in '87, yeah, it might not have been because I'll tell you when I came in '87. This is pre-internet. So a lot of stuff that was happening in the States, yeah. it was like yeah. a cultural divide. I mean, there's like, unless I read about it, like in Rolling Stone magazine or some other magazine or a friend from the States told me via phone or um, did it in 87, we didn't even have email in 87. I think that all started up like 94. That's right. Because my son was born in 94. So 94 is basically when the internet started happening for, for people. So like in 87, <laughs> if I didn't read about it in a magazine or if I didn't hear hear it out of someone's mouth or you know you know some Taiwanese television might have some American programming so maybe it was a, like more 90-ish but I, I heard about Chris mm-hmm. I, got, I got into some stuff but it was through Aaron because of the personal connection mm-hmm. and he started turning me on to some of uh, uh, Chris's deeper catalog stuff I'm like whoa let's do a podcast man because oh, what, a, what a tragedy that this guy passed so young and he had so much great <laughs> music and and we and you were online and I because I was connected with Vernon and Melvin, um, yeah, you know Melvin yeah. Gibbs, and so like yeah, at that time yeah. Twitter was much more of kind of like you saw your friends' friends and you could jump in on your friends' conversations. Remember then? Yeah, totally. yeah. It's much more. It, it wasn't like the way it is now, where it's like you know point to point. There was kind of more like a, you know you could you could see your friends' conversations with their other friends and you could jump in there, and so that was kind of like when. Uh, you and I kind of met a little bit, you know, just through social yeah. media. Because, you know, yes, Mel- yes. Melvin is from the same housing complex. When I was a baby, and he was a baby, he's like one year older wow. than me. We were both the same housing project in Brooklyn, Vanderveer. I didn't <laughs> wow, know him then. Cool. I, I only found that out yeah. through Twitter, getting to know him. I realized, hey, man, we're really homeboys. You know, I was probably <laughs> still in the baby carriage. He was probably walking next to it, you know, when I was yeah, still in yeah. it. That's so, great. yeah. yeah. And I knew, you know, I knew you that you knew those guys. Now, now, how how did you know Vernon and Melvin? Just through the music scene in New York, or? Oh, I just, I just met, I, I just heard, I just heard about those guys off and on, like, you know, and I, I heard about Vernon and early on through, uh, 
a band called Defunct. Oh yeah, well yeah, Melvin and Vernon both play with them. He wasn't. Yeah, they weren't playing with him then. I just saw oh, them at, okay. the, at the first Knitting Factory on when it was on. It was on Houston Street. Sounds about right. The first, the first Houston, the first Knitting Factory that ever was. It was like the first place, you know, that cool little. It was like a a neat little like playhouse and that kind of thing, you know, really tiny and intimate. You right. Know? And I went to the side to funk and, and they're badass. And they're, so the members are different, you know. Right. But, um, well, that was Ronald Chen and Jackson's band. Yeah. 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 And he played, I saw, I saw him with Ornette with, um, it, at NYU, I want to say back in like the early '80s, maybe or late. Nope, maybe "Dancing in Your Head" yeah. that period. Do you know that album? No. It was like Ornette's no. first elect. It was like his first electric album, and he had he had Ronald Shannon Jackson drums, and it had his son Donardo. He had two drummers. Oh wow! Cool. And so, and that was wild. And I saw them at NYU. Yeah. So it's like you cool. know, but I never saw Ronald Shannon Jackson on his own. But I'll tell you what, that that band that Ornette had with Ronald Shannon Jackson and Donardo, and I think uh, I think a guy um, that you might do you know Jamaluddin Takuma, the bass player down yeah, in Philly. Yeah. yeah, I think he was in that yeah, band. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, he's awesome. Because I, you're tight with, you, aren't you tight with Kenwood Denard? Um, no, no, man. Well. I thought there, I thought you played with. There's a drummer. Who am I thinking of? What drummer have you played with? Have you recorded with before? Some guy from Philly, I thought, or. Um, no, no. I just my Steve Decker is a wonderful drummer. He's okay. Like last two two albums, three. We did three albums together. So you never work with any other. Why am I thinking that you um, played with him, or who, who else might have you played with, drummer wise, black guy? No, um, no, no. We um, false memories <laughs> of mine. No, jeez, um, there, uh, there was Mike, my buddy Mike. Okay, this is weird. It 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 seems like I remember reading your liner notes for uh, was like calling all gods or or maybe you doing live stuff. Have you done any club stuff with any other drummers? Um yeah, uh, a bunch of them. Yeah, a bunch of different guys. Any yeah. any black guys? Any black drummers? <laughs> yeah, Mike, my friend. Mike. Oh, Mike is a black guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's one of my favorite guys in new york okay. <laughs> anyhow well forgive me my my, 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 my mind is probably still playing uh, just you know uh post-quarantine <laughs> tricks on me okay it's not important but <laughs> but anyhow you know so i i'm acquainted with uh so okay so you saw defunct and uh so what was the feeling i mean i've i've heard their music but what was it what was it like seeing them live in a tiny little place like that um it was it was great they were they were recording a a live thing and um it was just it was cool it was it was a cool scene i think i was i think i was i was living in miami at the time and i think i was in new york on on just um just for like a week and i think my brother me and chris went and 
maybe some other people. And um, it was just really cool. I'll bet the energy was bouncing off the walls of that place. Yeah, the energy was just off the hook. The guitar player broke a string. And, um, was that Bernard so they, Nix or is it was that James Blood Ulmer? No, it wasn't James Blood. I, I kind of wish it was. Oh I, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm a big fan <laughs> of his too. But no, the I mean the guy I for, I forget the guy's name who was long, oh, white guy long hair. He really unbelievable guitar player. Played he playing like an old fifties Strat really fucking. Nothing Amazing. good. Old 50s Strat. Okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> like just incredible. Like he he was just mind blowing. But real shredder type dude. Uh-huh. Uh, so But that that was a great that was a great scene. Man. So what year do you think that so you cool think there was scene. like 90 or so? I it must have been yeah, it must have been like 90 one or okay. 90 it, it, yeah it must have been it must have been in the early now correct early me if 90s. I'm wrong I be okay so you were living in Miami Chris was living in New York now let's back up yeah. a little bit because okay it seems like I remember you saying that you had like a home base in Texas and also Vermont is that right um, yeah Vermont I well I kind of left Vermont pretty early on. Like, I I moved to New York City when I was like fourteen to live with my dad. So that was like, and then and then I'd I'd go back up there. Like, I think I moved up there a year later, but I visited like on weekends. Like we we visited Vermont, and, but yeah, I was born in Texas. What, what part of Texas? And, um, Houston. Okay, so Eastern Texas. And, you know, a lot of we we moved to Dallas when I was two, and then Connecticut, and then and then um, a couple of years later, and then Mexico. We lived in Mexico. Wow. For yeah, San Miguel, and um. That was like a year and a half, and then and then we moved to Vermont. So, so what were the circumstances was, of all the move? I mean, was it did was your dad in the military or something? Or oh no, my my parents split up, and my mom was was um, my mom went to art school, and and she was studying sculpt sculpting, you know, art. She right, sculpture. Art school in San San Miguel, yeah. So she was studying down and in Mexico. She, yeah, yeah. Any particular reason why Mexico? Was there like a teacher there that she was attracted to, or is there a style, or just um, it was a place yeah, to go in? There was a, yeah, there was an art scene there. Okay. And, it, and you know, other people, other artists and stuff. Who, but it was, it was just, I think it was just like, my parents were really young, so it was like, right. I think for her, it was just like a, it was just like an extreme change. Like right. She just wanted to, <laughs> she, you know, we all went and it was, it was, I, I have like a lot of great adventures. Of I'll bet. <laughs> great experiences. Like, 
Yeah, Mexico is nice, man. I I've, I spent a little time. You know, I, I lived I lived in Tucson, Arizona, for about ten years. Oops. Yeah, I lost you for a second. Are you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I, I was just I was just saying that I have some Mexican experience as well because I lived down in Tucson, Arizona, for about ten years. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, besides you and Chris, do you have any brothers or sisters, or is it just you two guys? Um, no, it's just us, just me and Chris, and my sister. My sister is the oldest, you know. Okay, so you, okay, you do have a sister. Okay. So yeah, she's the oldest. She she lives in Vermont. She she's they're there. And is she also artistically active or creative? Um, no, she's a teacher. She's like the weird normal one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe you two guys are the weird normal ones. And she's the <laughs> we, yeah. We, that, that's what it is. We're just like the two boys, you know, and we, yeah. we had stuff in common growing up. And right, testosterone and craziness. <laughs> yeah, mo- motorcycles and music. Right. Okay. Know. So. All right, so so you and Chris and your sister, you're all down in Mexico then together at that point, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so how long how long did you stay down there for? Um, like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, and um, yeah, and it was great. I had a lot of a lot of incredible experiences, and I saw just a, a lot of life just lessons and stuff sure sure like i really you you get a total different idea of of how lucky we are here oh yeah oh yeah and um like just just the people i just i I remember the people just you know the babies mothers and like babies dying and the moms can't you know can't take them to the hospitals because mm-hmm. they, they don't have if they don't have money they can't go to right. get medical help and the water was bad sure. so people were dying of hepatitis a lot and mm-hmm. and it was just it was just like eye opening a lot of pretty shocking stuff right. yeah for right. I mean they used to parade when when a child would die they'd parade the little white coffin through the street right. And and the mother would would follow it on her hands and knees. Oh and wow! Family family members would pick up a rug and move it in front of oh. in front of the other rug, and she'd crawl on that one, and then and then she they'd take the other rug and put it in front of that rug. So she'd always right. be crawling on a rug. Right. But but she'd do that all the way through town. It was like. Serious, and they they they'd go past our house like there was more than one, you know. There's mm-hmm. like several in our, our time there. There was there was so, several of those, like just seeing that, and it was pretty heavy, like the heavy religious stuff. And, sure. And the Day of the Dead and all that yeah. stuff was really fascinating. Sure. To me, to me and and the um, yeah, the Halloween and the the Hardeen the garden the middle of town there was a the harder dean where where people would you know lovers would stroll around every weekend it would 
people would stroll around the garden. It was just like a, like a huge crowds. So, so it was just like a, like a party. You just, and so you said this um, is, this is San Carlos. Did you say? No, San Miguel. Sam, okay. So San Miguel is like in what state? Do you remember? San Miguel is, it's, I don't like 500 miles into central Mexico, I guess. Okay. So what, what big city would it be near? Do you know? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. In, yeah, we were. It was by Celaya, another small town, and it was by San Miguel. I think it was a pretty small town back then. Right. Okay. Now it's like it's much bigger, but it was Guadalajara. So it's I over it over was, Guadalajara was, that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Guadalajara now I have a was, kind of kind like, of an idea. But that was that's. Guadalajara was a little ways away. Sure, it's like a quite a long ride. Mexico City was a long ride away. So, so was it toward? Was it on the water or towards the water? No, it was. So it was inland. It was more in central. Okay. San Miguel is. It's a pretty well known like artist. Okay. Town too, you know, but right. it's also, it's it's a straight up, you know, it was it was, it was a cool, it's a fascinating time. Right. A lot of, a lot of, it's, it's great education. Great memories. Me. Was, yeah, yeah. A lot of great human memories from that time. Just, just learned stuff. And sure. Also, Did, the people are amazing. Like oh, the, man. The crafts, I love Mexican the people. They're so friendly. Yeah. And yeah, a lot yeah, of skills. Yeah. Just guys with, guys making like, furniture out with hatchets and and the wood wow. really they, um the mesquite wood is like rock so they, they but the guys are so skilled and and the um they go right through they it just yeah this old guy i still have a um i still have this 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 um this this great seat it's, it's this great stool that this old guy made just with a hatchet he just carved it out of a piece of wood while we were standing and you, and you there. just sit there and watch him watch him do this uh, yeah crafting yeah, this he, he carved, yeah he made me a, um he made me like a scooter once we, nah. we, we put like yeah we with wheels on i mean the one that you could use not an ornamental thing yeah the, the wheels we put we put um these giant ball bearings for wheels uh-huh <laughs> it was like this crazy scooter made out of wood. Jeez, it was so cool! It was like it was it was crazy. I was just uh, you guys were living the we life like, over there. Yeah, we were like totally free to just walk, run around, and like nine, ten years old, just I can I can jump on a bus and go to a neighboring town like Celaya, or I could go into the. So you guys must the, have picked up some Spanish. And yeah, I, I spoke fluent Spanish, but I forgot it all. Right, I, sure. By the time we left, I was fluent in uh-huh. Spanish, but I totally forgot like most all of it. Now, did you and Chris have blonde hair? <laughs> were, you, were you pretty fair-haired? Yeah, I was. I was like, yeah, we were. T- we were. So the locals we were, must have picked up on you we kids, and you speak in Spanish. They they, they recognize your gringos, but you speak Spanish, so you must have got a lot of a lot of shine oh, from yeah. them. Yeah, I was I was friends. Like by the time I left, I was I had a, a few friends, you know. Sure. We were, like we'd we'd go and help. Like we'd carry baggage for the for the <laughs> tourists. Oh really? So that, so yeah. that was that. Now was that your main hustle or your side hustle? <laughs> yeah, that was like our side hustle. We, we, we hustled. 
That's great. Gringo's getting off the bus and he's easy marks. I I remember this one lady like because I was so I, I was so in like like I was so kind of in in the um, groove. Like this this one lady said, "You speak English." See, <laughs> <laughs> because I had by then. By then, I had like the same clothes. I had like the right. I was um, I was. Yeah, that local flavor. Yeah, I had. I had. There was a lady that used to go to all the houses and and make you a shirt. Like she'd make you, a, you know, the shirt. The, like the, the wedding um, shirts. No, just just the regular clothes, like the kids. Oh, okay. The kids clothes. Um, right. It's a material. It's a specific material that's really. It's really comfortable and it's okay. really um but back then back then they Is it kind of like a flax lady, or something? Oh, what was it called? Or, it was, um, but anyway, all the kids all the kids wore this a lot of the kids wore the wore, wore the shirts from and this lady would make them. Mm-hmm. How about the food? And she, and she'd make them for next to nothing. Oh, oh yeah. They, I know um the food was incredible. Oh we, yeah, we could go to restaurants and just and eat, eat for lunch. next to nothing. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and the, <laughs> we could. Me and my brother, we were drinking. You know, we'd drink a beer and get some tacos. Sure. And shit. <laughs> we were like ten, you know. Right, right. But back then, it was you know, it was like nothing. It was, yeah, because you don't um, you don't want to drink stuff out of a glass there because uh, you know. Just, you don't want to drink the water, and you got to be careful with the ice. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, other thing exactly. too is like so, so that you know, like when we when we used to go there, so all right, you drink beer, you drink like you know cokes or whatever, you know. But the thing is, like those bottles, a lot of times the dogs come along and piss on them. <laughs> so you gotta <laughs> you gotta be careful, even when you're drinking the bottles. Yeah. You you maybe want to wipe that down a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different. Yeah, part. yeah. How about how about that one movie? What was that one movie with Johnny Depp? Uh, what was it? Um, I I, I want to say. I want to say. Uh, no, down in Mexico. That that went down to Mexico. I want to say it was a Robert. Was it the Robert Rodriguez? Uh, movie. <laughs> Once upon a time in Mexico. It was that. Was that it or? Yeah, he gets like it's a lot of bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets like a. He gets like really bad luck in yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico, right? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's I love Johnny Depp. He's great. Yeah, he is. He's a character. <laughs> yeah. I mean when when he nails he's, it, he really nails it. Yeah, he's he's gotta be a totally cool dude. Kinda hit or miss, yeah. but his hits are awesome. Artist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he takes yeah. chances in other words. Yes, yeah, yes. He's he's got to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most. But uh, yeah, and what was it that one dish you says like something? Uh, I want to say something like uh, something po- po- poblito, or I mean, he he made a dish, or, or uh, anyhow, I'll, I'll I'll think it. But yeah, the food in Mexico, like you say, I mean, the street food there, just eating you know eating tacos on the street, or you know. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I, I I went into a cantina one time, okay, and you know my Spanish was okay. I was in college. I think I was down. I wanted. To, I was either maybe I was either in Nogales, which is close to the Arizona border, and mm-hmm. uh, so I was like in a little cantina. There's an old lady with like a big cauldron, 
And I see she had like a little cardboard sign. It says like tacos de cabeza. And I'm thinking, okay, tacos, I know. Cabeza, wait, that's head. What, what are head tacos? <laughs> do, do you know what it is? Do you know where, do you know where I'm going? They well, Okay, you get the head of the cow, right? Oh, and there's still yeah. meat. There's still meat stuck. You know, it's like there's still some meat stuck on the skull. And so you cook yeah. that down and then you just scrape that now, you know, cooked, you know, head meat. And that's and you, and you, yeah. And it was great. I mean, it was it they was great. Sell heads in the there you go market. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I could tell you stories about food over here, my man. I mean, you know, I live here in Asia, and yeah. I, you know, I, I'm very, I'm oh, very, yeah. I'm very curious, and I try pretty much everything. So, um, but anyhow, yeah. all right. So you, so you and Chris, you go, you're going back to the states now. So where did you land after coming back from uh, Mexico? Um. Vermont. My my dad had had got a place. He he had got a place up in Vermont. Were you to, in like town or like on a farm or? Yeah, like a little like a little farm, like an old farmhouse built oh, well. in seventeen hundreds. Wow. Really, like an old, not a fancy place at right. all. Right. <laughs> right. Just kind of a normal old farmhouse. Sure, but it's still got um, character. Yeah, a lot of character, kind of like, kind of like our old, my old house in here in Jersey that right. we just moved out of. Sadly, but um, you you but had a yeah, studio set up over of, there, right? A lot of old character, a lot of like ancient character and and vibe and sure. And, um, and it was out in the, you know, it was out in the boonies, like out in the, not out in the boonies, but out. out um, it wasn't in a town. It was, right. it was like several miles out of town, and and um, so that's where we ended up, up up in up in Vermont. Okay, now at this point, Mexico. At this point, had you or Chris started getting into music at all? Were you playing or singing or? Um, we were always in. We were always into the music. So the mom and dad play a lot of music around you guys. Mexico is it was like Mexico's mariachis and okay and um, and, so you're feeling and there were bands and musicians around because it was it was kind of a it was an arty kind of right had like an artist musician so so music always music always resonated with you guys you guys could always feel the music around you. Yeah, yeah, and and before that in Connecticut there was music and and I was like my first live show was at, at was James Cotton when I was like six Whoa. years old. Whoa, nobody know? big yeah. <laughs> in New York, New York City because my dad was in New York City at the time and my parents split up pretty early. Right. So I, I he'd take us into the city and we'd see all kinds of he'd. He'd take us in separately, and I'd and I'd get to, and he'd take us to Broadway shows and and music, and we got a little culture, you know. Sure. I, I saw Lemmings, like the 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 play that turned into Saturday Night Live with John Belushi, and yeah, because Le- wasn't Lemmings National Lampoon? Yes, and I I saw that, and and they. They 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 sat us like right in front. Wow! We went like two two nights in a row. Cool. I was only like six six seven years six seven years old. Wow! 
You know, all the cultural... John, John Belushi was like a total nut. And, oh, totally. I can imagine. And I, yeah. So you're seeing him live. Yeah. And he was probably a kid then. He was probably like, what, 20? Yeah, yeah. That was early. That was pre-Saturday Night Live, yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Man. Oh, man, I can and, imagine. And I, he, was, he was playing, like, you know, it was, pre- it was pretty cool. They were doing that. That playing the harp and they um, it's I feel lucky to have seen all that. Oh man, for sure stuff early on. A lot of a lot of music and blues and stuff. Sure, great music and stuff here and there. So, but at this point, yeah. okay, you're soaking it in, but but you you guys are not playing anything yet, like at the Vermont stage. Um, no, like, like Chris, Chris started playing, like we, we rode up there was, we, um, we rode motorcycles a lot, mm-hmm. like dirt bikes. And that was like, the, like there's the only thing to do is like read. And <laughs> well, for me, I read a lot right? You know, and, and or ride motocross, like motorcycles and ski and ride BMX and bicycles and and stuff like that and um, taking advantage of the outdoors there. Yeah, that's all because that's, that's all, all there is to do. Sure. Yeah, and back then we didn't we didn't have cable TV. We didn't, you know, we we had three channels. One that right. actually came in good, <laughs> decent. It was literally one channel that was like half decent. And, there, and the other two were like snowy, you know, and <laughs> so. Could you pick up like any radio. Canadian radio from where you were? I just, yes, yes. We listened to, we listened to, um, there was a, a great radio station we listened to that, that had, that still had the um, reruns from like the 50s. It was, it was. Nah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, um, uh, they they had like the mystery these these cool oh like radio theater kind of things yeah yeah oh cool old old fifties reruns of of um like the shadow the shadow the shadow knows yeah yeah (laughs) right like and me and me and Chris were me and Chris were would listen to that at night sometimes it was that was pretty cool yeah. yeah, thing just, we did because there's nothing else to do, you know. Right, right. Uh, that, that's even like pre pre Ben and Jerry's Vermont, I think, at that point. Yeah, that was pre. Yes, it was. <laughs> that was way before. Right. It was hardcore up there. Like it was. It was. I mean, it wasn't hard. It was just hard. Probably harder core than it is now. You know. Well, that's like oh. er, everything was harder core. There wasn't any. Sure. There wasn't any soft, you know. Everything New York was pretty trashy then, you know. The the country was more. That's like with the headlines in the New York Post or the or the Daily News, where it's like the federal government tells New York to drop dead. Was that it was around <laughs> that time, right? Was it a beam as the mayor then? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, 
Because that's where I was living. I wasn't up in Vermont. In the I wasn't in the country. I was down. I was in Brooklyn, man. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was wild um, times. Yeah, I, I just we just visited the city up on and off like throughout my life. You know, we'd spend weekends there. Then when I was fourteen, I moved there and went to school for a year in the city. And do you remember where you lived? Yeah, I lived. I I always lived on Morton Street. My dad had a apartment there, and Uh, on what what street? So we ended up Morton Street. So is that in the village? A a great street in the in the West Village. West Village. Okay, it's a really quiet. Like the quiet, one of the quieter streets, mm-hmm. like in the West Village, not much noise and right. Um, just a just a cool, just a cool street. A lot of people. Oh, the village is totally cool. Of, then. Yeah, a lot of I, I I grew up kind of seeing like celebrities around. And, sure. And some people, you know, a lot of different. People lived in the village, and you know, for sure, New York. It was nothing to see. Yeah, it was. So, it, um, the village was. It was like pretty hardcore then. Like, oh yeah, friends, me and my friends were seriously hardcore for fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> you probably knew exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was just like not not many experiences you didn't have by that point, right? Yeah, it was. It was like. It was uh, now that I, you know, you look around now and it's it's just um, it's kind of I mean I'm kind of glad in one way that it's that it's different so right. different. This is like, this Especially is like, for your kids, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now you're a dad. Now you know. <laughs> yeah, but on one hand, I like I'm. There's no more like Max's Kansas City and right. You know. Like, no more CBGBs. But, yeah, or CBGBs was that was like a lifelong mud club, club for me. I, I was like, I was like so young the first time I went there, and then and when I played there a couple times. You oh, know, you did? Yeah, I played there with my band, and I played there with in in other bands. Oh, that's great! And played, went and saw bands there since I sure. was a teenager. I mean, it was just. It was just like part of the established part of the whole right scene. Just like <laughs> just like neighborhood places, air, you know, just local places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like the bottom line was right. Oh yeah, the bottom of line. Sure. Yeah, that was more like the Johnny Winter. Springsteen played there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, like Springsteen. That was the like the not as not as um, rock punk, you know. Right. Yes. And I, I also saw a lot of, a lot of great music on when Bleecker Street was like the happy folk place and jazz. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, a lot of good, really good musicians growing up. I got got to see up close and. Um, did you ever go to Village Gate or the Village Vanguard? Yes, both of those mm-hmm. places. Yeah, yeah. Great clubs. Yep, yeah. and and you know I'd go to 
I, I snuck into a B-52s concert once when I was 14 oh, cool. with my buddies. <laughs> we were just partying our asses off. Sure. I saw them. I forget where I saw them. I forget if it was New York or, or, or where. But, yeah, I remember seeing them. You know, at CBGB's for me, I mean, it was there. It's, see, because I was going to school in Arizona already at that point. So, for me, it would be like wow. if I come home on break, that's when CBGB's is really happening. So, I mean, and I was totally in a punk. So, you know who I saw in CBGB's? I saw uh, the British, British band Wire. Do you know them? No. You don't know Wire? Dude, when we get up, <laughs> I got, I'm going to give you a link. I mean, okay. I'm going to give you the the most perfect record review I ever saw for any band was for like Wire's yeah. second album. Because, okay. First of all, Wire, one of their songs was covered by R.E.M. And it's called um, mm-hmm. Strange. Something Strange. Or, or, cool, cool. Uh, or, yeah. And then, so it's like they were full on, they were, they were like the British Ramones on, on record one. But, they were even more intense than most because like their songs maybe last like a minute and forty nine seconds or something. It would just be this surge of power in your face. Okay, stop. On to the next one. But now yeah, yeah. they kept on evolving their sound. By the second one, they started getting kind of psychedelic plus that uh, that punk energy. And so the the, the review oh, I'm talking cool. about, uh, I think it was like a Rolling Stone reviewer. He had like he had like two word a uh, two word review. It said Punk Floyd, and it was perfect because that wow, that totally captured. Cool. That energy and that angst, but yet the art and the you know and and and, and kind of the the nascent trippiness. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some That's links funny. to that. I know the I know the name, but I'm not. I the I don't know the music at all. Right, right. Yeah, the first the first album was called Pink That's Flag. Cool. Yeah, oh, totally cool band. But yeah, I started. Uh, yeah. I, I was. Cool. I'll check them out for sure. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. But like, I saw Blondie in Central Park around then. I saw. I saw the Ramones in Arizona. I didn't see them in New York. And get this, when the Ramones were, came to Phoenix, they opened for for Sabbath. Okay, now I was a punk, so we got the Ramones. And they're you know the Sabbath fans are trying to eat them alive, man. They're just like get them, yeah. you know, get this. What is this crap? And they're throwing yeah. like whiskey bottles at them and throwing all kinds of oh, you know bad. horrendous. Yeah, that's and like John, you know. Joey is doing his thing, kind of like dodging, you know, dodging bottles and dodging crap. <laughs> and it's like, and then when they went That's off, so it's like, okay, time to leave. Now, I regret that now because I missed out on seeing Sabbath. But then it was like, hey, I'm a punk. We don't, you know. You know who needs Sabbath, man? That's like that's like old people's music. That's dinosaur music. So we left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. But oh, I got another. Oh, I got another oh. connection that might. Strike close. Okay, do you, do you know like because like Melvin used to play in James White and the Blacks. Do you know the Contortions? Yeah. And yeah. James White and the Blacks. I just know the name. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, check this. I was running a, a I was cool. running a loft wow. a loft jazz club on on Broadway, like four seventy six Broadway. So it was like Grand wow. Broadway. Okay. And it was like up on the tenth floor, and it was like you know those loft buildings, right down in Soho, and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy running it was a musician, and so I volunteered at first. And it's like I saw he wasn't really like so much into the business. So I said, "Hey, how about if I help out?" And blah blah blah. Anyhow, I started booking. Okay, and there was one guy that had already been booked there, and his name was James Siegfried. Okay, and he was like this guy from uh, Wisconsin, and he wasn't the greatest sax player, and he was like a really nerdy kind of like introverted kind of guy. 
And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then not long after that, I hear about the contortions, and then later James White and the Blacks. Well, James White was James Siegfried.
he started the uh, contortions and James White and the Blacks, and he really he really found himself. He found some characters that he could own and just really went for it because those bands were not like Meek and Mile. They were they were way up in your face. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I remember Melvin telling me that he he heard them. Uh, he heard punk like at the at, at the Ritz or I think it was the Ritz. He told me he said Mark before that he was like doing like kind of quasi jazz R&B kind of stuff maybe and like the the thing that sold him on punk he says he said there's some girl next to him that started humping a speaker and he said hey man there's, <laughs> there's something about punk we need to check out and like long not, not long after he's in like James White and the Blacks so yeah but uh, anyhow. New York is a special. So I saw funny. so much jazz. I saw so. I mean, I I could name jazz greats. I mean, McCoy Tyner, Elvin Jones, on and on and on. I mean, just you know, free jazz. Like you know, uh, you know, a lot of people play with Miles, like Dave Holland, the bass player, to play with Miles, uh, mm. and uh, Anthony Braxton, who is kind of a really way out. Do you do you know the band the uh, the Battles? No. Okay. No. Anyhow, because his Anthony Braxton's son was later in there. There was like a math. Anyhow, so, so many people. I I don't want to tell my story. I want to get back to your story. I'm sorry. It's hard for me not to because like you know, I hear New York and music. I want to, ah. Okay, nostalgia. No, time. it's cool, dude. Yeah. It's cool. But anyhow, okay. So all right. So around this time, so have either you or Chris picked up a guitar yet? Um, not. What we, was the impetus? A, he did it first, right? He we, went there first, right? No, I, I actually learned, I actually got, um, we, he got a, we, we got an electric guitar loaned to us through a, a guy that, a guy, it was an old Hagstrom and, and a Hagstrom? Started, <laughs> yeah, an older, yeah, one of those red, weird Swedish Hagstrom. Right, I only know those from the Roxy Music album covers. Yeah. <laughs> and so so we both started fiddling around with that and Chris started playing that and I got like a crappy nylon string acoustic for Christmas and uh-huh. and and uh, then I, I I started taking lessons and I was I was kind of I was like in I went to, um, I think I was like 11, and I started just learning cowboy chords and stuff. And um, kind of doing the the school um, glee club thing. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> this chick, I this chick I was I liked was went was in glee club, so I was like, wow. Sounds so so pretty I, plain vanilla. Yeah, I went, so I joined up <laughs> to be, like, to check her out. <laughs> right, of course. And then all my, my friends joined up, so, like, all the... You had an angle. All the, all the cool kids <laughs> joined Glee Club. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so fun. We were, like, the long airplanes kids in Glee Club. <laughs> so, um, but we were all, I was, we were into music and stuff, and, um... But we were both playing. We were both Chris and I were playing. Then Chris, Chris, um, he kind of, he he was like still riding motocross and stuff, and he'd mess around with the, that Hagstrom. 
and um, and he got more and more in, into the electric thing, and and basically we moved into we moved in into a log a log cabin when, when we were. It was a log house. It was okay. It had two. It was a two-story, real simple log house. Uh huh. And it had a little, little tiny one-room cabin off to the side that that we used to hang around in and make noise and stuff. So kind of becoming and, um, a makeshift studio, more or less. Yeah, yeah, and and Chris, Chris started. Chris got he he started. He got a band together and. And um, and basically he had like he, he they were doing like covers different covers and not real well he like like just it's kind of garage it was a garage band and he was he was self taught and and then and he learned open tuning kind of early really so it, which it kind of like early on it kind of screwed it was like so he's gravitating to slide he, yeah or just he, a strum he started yeah he he did both he did both they did a gig and and he was like it was they did a gig in uh in 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 like in a little town in New Hampshire, and it was like a, a bad experience because it was it was they were playing they weren't playing music like mainstream kids wanted right, to hear. Right, right. <laughs> There's noise. It was, and it was like it was garagey. It was right. garagey, psychedelicy kind of. Uh huh. Um. But and and it was a bad experience for Chris. He was really sensitive. And and basically, he sold all his electric stuff and got his first resonator. Okay, wow. And, and so yeah, that, that's how the resonator came about. He was playing electric. He yeah. basically got he got hated on some for the music he was playing, and it got to him. Yeah, like yeah, guys that were into Kiss were you know they were like play some Kiss, man. Right, right. <laughs> Sure, of course. <laughs> and he was there. They wanted to, you know, they were playing like different, right? You know, different they were experimenting. Places. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it pushed Chris to be better and and to like and really just kick ass. Like, so, so do you there. think the resonator? came about because yeah. of dad taking you to the blues clubs was did, did the blue sea get in you guys you think oh definitely okay we were always my dad was always into the blues since we were so like, he's playing in the house around you guys put yeah, on the record player he, he was playing he they were he he'd have like jam people come over and they really play and set up in the house and cool but they we grew up on like like old country and blues like Hank Williams and, and okay. the old blues cats and and um Fred McDowell a lot Lightning Hopkins you know and and a, a lot of um a, a lot of um 
like country blues and also mm-hmm. everything that was happening of it in the time. Right. Like Hendrix and Led, Led Zeppelin and Wow. And the Doors. So Dad know, was Dad stuff. was in all this. Yeah, my my parents were typical. The hipsters. Young. Yeah, typical. <laughs> that. That's cool. Hipster but, parents are great, man. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, but my my dad and mom came from they they saw the some of the original blues cats in, sure. in Houston when they were okay. when they were teenagers they so they 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 saw the real deal stuff in sure. Houston at a young age and my dad he had his he had like a an old hot rod that he built out of no kidding at a, back then you could build a hot rod at a junkyard sure parts. like <laughs> he, sure he worked he had an after school job at a car you know at a at a at a race at a at a um like a race a race um, like a dirt like track a place that race no no at a at a like a gas station that also raced cars okay and, and they they were they were attached to like AJ Foyt's race shop. Too. No kidding. And, and um, yeah, and, and so he he would he would help out like he but he was like sixteen and he was helping out with a with a dragster that was like um he'd like squirt nitro into the into the carburetors right and, you know. <laughs> And he blew out his ears doing that when he was like sixteen or something. Wow! <laughs> and but they had like they had a really fast dragster. Like he, so he hung out with all these old guys, I guess, and who raced cars and t- taught him how to thick work on cars. And he built his own tea bucket. Okay. You know, with money he made and and totally built it himself. Had like motorcycle tires in the front, I guess. And, oh wow! It was like very cool. So like a like a rat like a rat rod or something. Yeah, it it must have been a total rat rod with Oldsmobile like an Oldsmobile engine, (laughs) big Cadillac tires in the back. No kidding. Like a um, no fenders that type thing. Sure. Why would you need fenders? (laughs) Yeah, and and they're ugly. My mom mom would drive that around too. Ah. Let my mom drive it. Great. Like and and old old they they were it just sounded like a typical sort of fifties sure he's he, he was like a James Dean kind of character people tell me and it and it's funny that it's, that Kenny Rogers dated my mom in high school and no kidding my dad yeah my dad kind of stole her from him like, all right all right Dad Whitley good move. And they, they like, they actually, they, they eloped like in that time. Really? <laughs> like, Kenny started trying, yeah, he really wanted to take my mom out. Well, like, I'm not, pa- I'm not pandering here, but I think you Whitley's are like way cooler than Kenny Rogers. That's just my opinion. I, so just go ahead. I, keep going. Yeah. So my, my dad like stole her away, like stole her Awesome. Away, awesome. And, and they, and they ran off and eloped. <laughs> That's great. When they were, he was like seventeen, and she was like like sixteen or something. Wow. 
And so they, he like turned into like they they turned into. They had kids pretty quick, and right. And he he just started working and sure. becoming a dad. And sure, mom just got in into raising the kid. They had three kids, like right, like, just like that's a lot of pressure. A totally different, yeah. And, and then they a lot of responsibility. Yeah, my my dad's work took him. To, he got into. He he went to art. He went to advertising school, like like art school for for advertising. So like graphic art, commercial um, art. Y- yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his and um, actually, my mom's parents put him through school then. Okay. And and um, they kind of adopted they him, teen- huh? Yeah, they were teenagers, and my dad was sure. like, "Well, I, I didn't want to get." And he didn't want to work on cars for the rest of his life, and. And um, he he researched. He went went to a they they like they they had like a testing like an aptitude testing thing back then. Somehow he found out that he was creative or something. And he it was like it was kind of that's what it sounded like a kind of like a and um and he just researched like what would what would be a living for them? How could he? feed his family that he didn't have to work on cars <laughs> like how could he you know realistically make money you know and and um and do you know work do his cars on the side and and um and so um he got into the kind the graphic arts and, and went to school and got a job in Dallas so we moved to Dallas and lived there for a while and that's that's how he ended up in Connecticut because he got it he landed a job in New York City so he he you know he's basically his his work dad's work took him to New York and that's how he ended up up north
good book down and she takes off her dress she takes off my skin man while she leaves the rest i don't have to tell her she already knows the world and its creation spirit she bestows now she takes me by the hand and she leads me safely around the broken glass on that Just for show She grabs hold of that submachine Walks right out that front door Let's them bullets flow like thunder Love uses and protects Right down to the last breath On that flow So was he was he working more in graphic art then later, or was he still working with his hands on like uh, you know turning wrenches or both or? Oh no, he was he was just just working in graphic art. Okay. And stuff. Okay. Cool. Yeah, he's he 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 got he got um he was really he was like on the cover of Ad Week and. Like that, he was. He won a lot of awards for. So he was well known in the industry. Yeah, yeah. He he like he got. He was really very good. Yeah. He's a good art director. Yeah. So, so, so it's like two generations of of Whitley's with artistic talent and drive. Yeah, yeah. My mom was the sculptor. He, she was. He was he was commercial art and she was not commercial art. <laughs> more yeah, more expressive, more more creative. Yeah, she was she was a hands-on sculptor, like hard sculptor painter, you know, she weld she was a welder, she Really? She was welding stuff. Yeah, and cut stuff. Badass. I have some of her. Yeah, she she was amazing. She and um she like ground you know, she she carved giant pieces of wood out of, but her, her, like her, her fine art, she, the stuff she studied for, like she studied at anatomy for, for her, like Da Vinci. She studied Da Vinci. And, okay. And yeah. Well, that's the guy. Just like he did. Like he, she studied all of that for, for her fine art, for this, her, um, sculpt, sculptures that she, that were cast in bronze. And, and, um, 
and she she did the sculpture of me that I used for my my album. Okay. Uh, that I, I used on the cover of my album uh, on on. Um, she made that she she did the sculpture of me out of bronze of me blowing the horn on my unicycle and <laughs> really and it, okay I thought it was perfect for the cover and so I used that and and um yeah she was she was an amazing really amazing lady and she always left an impression on all my friends like she's she's I'll bet. Uh, just such an interesting person, and she always gave people the time of day. Like, she, and she always tried to make a good impression on on my girlfriends and stuff. Uh huh. She was like a she was like a good. She was she was nice to she them. Was a, she wasn't jealous of them. Yeah, she was very nice. Yeah, nice and, and um. She was always like educating people, like trying to educate people, like like about art and she'd show them what she was working on and they'd be fascinated by her sculptures and, and it's just right. she was a she was a funny lady she's cool sounds like it for sure yeah so, yes. was, were, were both dad and mom supportive like okay so you you were playing oh, some guitar Chris was playing some guitar. I mean, who made the move to try to get paid for it first, or did you guys both oh, do it around? Chris was so Chris. I was I was um I was younger, you know. I was like fourteen, you know. And, what's and what's the age was, difference with you Chris guys? Chris was three years. Okay. Chris was Chris was seventeen when he when he finally moved down to the city. He was seventeen, and he and he was like. He was he was getting really good on the resonator, and and really doing stuff. He was into stuff that was that was kind of happening then, like Johnny Winter yeah. and George Thorogood, like he, all the George. blues stuff. Yeah, all the stuff that was really happening. But he 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 put his own. Chris always put his own slant on it. He did he did he he did not and, sound derivative, man. That's that's a thing no. about him. He had his no, own sound. He, yeah, he was he was a, a a combination of everything that we grew up with, like just yeah. But it and, came and out it came out as even, him. Oh yeah, totally. That was, that's was what like grabbed totally. me the first time I heard him. You know what? I think about it now. I might have even heard him the first time, like on MTV or something. And it was just like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Who's this white guy? I'm like, what? And, but it's not. But it's like it's yeah. so bluesy and so soulful. But yet, it, but it's not like you know, it, it's not derivative. And it's like what? And it just really made me stop and, and take notice and just kind of, I got to check. I mean, this is this is different. There's yeah. something happening here. Because he because he learned, I I think because he's he was so really abstract and. And he didn't have rules. He didn't. He was very poetic, any, Dan. Don't you think he's really yeah, poetic? Yes, yes. He, he really. He worked on like. He worked on his. He worked on cover songs back then, but he, mm-hmm. but in his own way. And and then he really he started to write like he started to work on his and read like a lot of poetry and. 
Okay, n- no wonder. And he started to write songs, and, and, he, and he really worked his ass off. His songs are songs so poetic, like man. Then. Yeah, yeah. His, his poetry is really his best. Like, did, did he ever just write poetry that he didn't sing? Um, sort of. Some of his, some of the stuff I've read, uh, in some of his books is, are, are, they're song based, but they're, they're more, it's, it's more poetry than, like, than lyrics. Songs, some of it. Yeah. So he's, he wrote so much stuff that, that didn't make it into the song form and stuff he just toss out, you know? So he kind of became like a voracious writer. He'd just be writing stuff down, trying out different ideas on paper and putting words together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you yeah, Were you was, doing any of that? Was, um, no, I was like, I think when I, I, I followed him down to the city, like he went down at 17 and I, I was, um, I, I, I kind of, I was I was a young kid. I was fourteen. Um, You're just tripping. <laughs> I kind of got. Yeah, I, I was, but I was. I was Bright lights, like big city. <laughs> I I was the cute kid that played harp. You know, uh-huh. I, I I sat in with him here and there. I, I sat in with him at at a studio ten. I sat in with him at. At the bitter end, when I was fourteen. The bitter and end, yeah. Sat on he when he opened for like a room full of blues, and he, he really? opened for Willie Dixon then. Whoa, nobody, nobody made yeah. you. Only Willie Dixon, the guys that yeah. Zeppelin ripped off. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember meeting Willie and just no just, kidding, just blew my mind, man. Um. But I was only fourteen then. Sure. Yeah, I was. I was starting. I. I actually. I developed a, a major drinking problem back then, and it okay. kind of screwed me up. It's sure. <laughs> kind of pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. My, it um. It it kind of screwed up my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I kind of made my mistakes early, so I I kind of I I cleaned up my act kind of early like mm-hmm. 22 and and I, I i kind of i kind of got my head together at a, at a at an earlier age from falling so hard at right. such an early age i hear you that, that it was in a way it was in a way it was kind of good i it, think so i think i think if you're gonna have yeah, I think if you're going to, well, for lack of a better word, screw up or, yeah, well, let's say, I think you're gonna screw, I think it's way better to do that early and then learn and make corrections. And then, like, the, yeah. you know, so the rest of your life, you, you're on more of a, a clear heading and, you know, have more of a sense of direction where you're going. Yeah, well, you, if you screw up so bad when you're older, man, that, that Ouch. people... People, it's yeah. If you're not cute anymore, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely you not cute anymore. I think I'm. At, I think I'm at that stage of not cute anymore. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, people don't laugh at you. You know, right. and, and let you get away with shit. It's right, like, right. And I, 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 I just um. Plus, I almost died a couple times. You know, so I, I, 
it just I had to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was going to die or end up in sure. jail. You know? Sure. I can relate to that. Yeah. So I, 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 um, I had to get away from, uh, you know, the gang thing I was doing and I had to get away from all of it and get my shit together and stuff like that. Did you have to put distance between you and certain people? Did you have to get away from the gang that you were hanging, you know, because. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I totally did. Yeah. because it's hard, it's hard to get away from the substance if you don't get away from the people that you abuse or yeah. use the substance with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So I, I, um, I, I had to completely change my shit around. Mm-hmm. Just, and um, I just for for a while I just turned into like kind of a kind of a like a young professional wannabe sort of mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i got into sales and i got into i just i just um tried to keep myself working and and um yeah like that and just just my main at that point my main thing was trying to stay sober and just right just keeping well, you know just keeping on the straight ahead sure. straight and narrow and well, sobriety, sobriety is a great goal i mean it's a, it's a great thing to focus on and, and move and move towards if you'd been you know far on the other side i mean i know that from my experience as well not yeah, so much was, not so much with alcohol oh. although i've had some bouts with alcohol but some other some other uh, materials yeah 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 yeah, it's hard to you have you have to change your whole mm-hmm. thinking and and um so and uh, yeah so I was I was straight edge for like a really long time for years and years but I I, I don't think I I didn't get my head really together till I was probably like twenty three twenty four. Then I got married and moved to Miami and had my my first real band was down there, you know. So you hooked and, up with some local guys or, or some guys who were living down there, maybe from elsewhere, also. Um, yeah, actually, everybody, um, everybody was from somewhere else down there. It's yeah. a very cool, transient place. Like there's, but I also. Because the locals are either going to be like um, like um, Molly Hatchet or or like you know Cuban Cuban guys. <laughs> it's going to either yes, be you know that yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, if you're hooking up with like you know more interesting, more you know it'll be guys from other areas that just settle down there because of the weather and the the girls in bikinis yes. and all that. Yeah, stuff. Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Kenny Grahowski was a monster drummer. He was Ken. Kenny. Juniors and is is a monster drummer now. Um, his son, but but Ken Grahowski was his dad was in my first band. He was and now his young son Kenny Junior is playing in Brand X and all these big bands. <laughs> He's just a monster player, and he was like this big guy that was just hard hitting. Really good player. We we had some good shows with him. 
And um, he was like a good, really good early drummer for me to work with. And, and, and um, so I worked with a lot of different guys now, you know, in local bands, you go, people come and go. And, sure. And then I had, I had this one Cuban drummer. It was just amazing. This kid was great. Miguel. Ramon, he was he was a wonderful drummer. And, yeah, um, he was probably my favorite favorite guy. Like we really hooked up. We opened for Chris a couple times. Okay. In in his den of ecstasy phase, we we opened three. I I actually opened four shows down there of his. Um. But we opened three nights of that Den of Ecstasy tour. That was a really good sign. We got a lot of, we got some good exposure, and it, it we had the band was decent. We had Ramon was playing with us, and it was it was a good. It was happening. Um, yeah, it was a it was a happening time back then. Sure, I had really long hair then <laughs> my hair was so long back in the why not you're young and you're in Florida so yeah I was like totally straight edge and but pretty out there like the shows were pretty interdicting I was um, you know it was a cool time there was a cool music scene down there it was very diverse and and very um very it's cool they're the really cool um cuban community I yeah remember, i remember several really good cuban bands Play, playing cuban music or playing they, no they're rock their own st- oh they're, they're rocking original stuff like okay all, just all sorts of different it was very very diverse and very interesting interesting stuff right right we 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 actually yeah we, we played up and down the there was up and down the south beach there was a pretty cool scene back then that was i saw vernon reed one one time that was the first time i really saw him up close and that was like back then it was it like a like a hendrix a hendrix thing where he sat in with a bunch of guys at, i think yeah at rosebuds that was like a happening club back then um, okay and and i that was i just saw vernon reed play and a bunch of other people that night did, did you meet vernon yeah, or just cool. Yeah, just in passing, I said, "What's up, man?" Right. right. <laughs> he just said, "Hey." They were, they were, I think they were partying hard backstage. <laughs> well, gee, in Florida, in a rock band, yeah. and young, I'd say there's a good chance of that. Yeah, and and, and he and I actually uh, I asked. Him, I he, I was talking about it, and he he told me oh man he said something like yeah i remember that gig and he said we were really partying hard <laughs> he actually said that uh-huh <laughs> he, he said they were 
and they said, yeah, they treated us really well. And, you know, they <laughs> anyway. Sure. I'll leave it at that. He yeah, said, yeah. <laughs> it, it was, but it was cool he remembered that gig, like, out of all the, like, all his living color. Right. Huge, humongous shows that he's played. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and this little, you know, this little Hendrix tribute with, I, I think the, I, I think there's different, like, um, I think the conga player from from Hendrix's Woodstock thing was there, but but all really? the other players were great too. Yeah, yeah. All, the the whole band was made up of really good players. Cool. But um, yeah, that was cool. That was very cool. I, I had a lot of cool experiences down there, and it was a good place to cut my teeth, and because it was it was so diverse. There was like heavy music. There was like Marilyn Manson, you know, right. before, like he became huge. We were playing. Well, he, yeah, he's clubs. from down there, right? He's from yeah, he's from Miami. Yeah, he was like, I mean, like, he must have been a freak to some of these people. No we were playing in some <laughs> of the same places, and he was like, there was there was a club. Like the big clubs were bigger then, and you could play with bigger amps, and <laughs> right. it was like it was, but it was it was pretty fun. It was you're expected to play loud, and right and, doing some sonic damage. <laughs> yeah, so so it was it was um it was like totally. I don't like we we opened for Quiet Riot once. No kidding. And, yeah, and other people. Was Randy Rhodes with them then? No. Okay. No, no, no. Because he he came out of quite right, didn't he? They were really good. I mean, they were all they always they were always really good players. The Quiet Riot band was always right. Like I don't think any week got week. No, they were pretty ever. tight. They were pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the music was kind of pop i mean it was pop right metal. right but it was it was kind of like motley crew you know i mean metal but you know also yeah. poppy and yeah just to sell you know to sure to get over and i was we were always so different than that but i think i don't know how we got on that bill but but it turned out really good it turned out that was a good show actually i didn't it, think we'd go over that well because it was we were more blues but we were kind of loud rock blues like you're pretty you know, you're pretty eclectic musically because i you know i've listened to yeah, your stuff and it's yeah. like from one track to the next sometimes it's like you know you know i know it's you but if i didn't i'd have to you know is this the same guy is this the, you know it's because like you're moving yeah. around quite a bit yeah we we i'd play harp and and i do like a harp solo and or like, and and play more punk. A couple of songs that are more punk and punk and blues kind of mix, and a little psychedelic, uh, and a little surf, you know. And I I played like jazz masters and and jaguars and those before it was like 
cool because they're they're cheaper than the strats and sure and they're like true vintage guitars you could buy right. for the price affordable of like yeah a, yeah like a new strat right Except right it was like like my my mint my 63 jaguar my 62 jazz master they cost less than like a new strat did back sure then. <laughs> so, so you never had an esquire <laughs> no man no i mean i i had strats and i i also worked i kept i always kept a day job so i can right so i can so you could buy stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and, pay my bills and yeah i just i always did exactly what i wanted you know so what, what was like the first dream guitar that you that you bought or that you were given or what would you just um the first guitar I, I bought i had to well i mean something that I you didn't... you know that you always thought i mean that you thought about for a while before you actually got it in other words, uh, not like a cheap, oh, not like, oh, I'll buy this because I can afford it, but I'd really like something else. What was the something else? Oh, I, I had to wait a long time before I got a good guitar and amp. Like, I, I had to make my own money to get, like, everything I ever had. So, <laughs> you know. So was a guitar so a, a Fender or was it um, a Gibson or? I, I actually had a Strat. In my teenage years, mm-hmm. I, I had um, I, I had an Ibanez Roadstar that that I actually have the neck. I still I saved the neck from that guitar all these years because it's such a good neck. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have it right here. Yeah, it's from it's. <laughs> I, got, I got that thing at Manny's on. A uh, Manny's Forty Eighth Street. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I after I sold my motocross, I sold my motorcycle to get it. And that was, I, I, I had a, I actually, I had a Strat before that I traded. What color was it? For, it was, it was, um, he had, he, it was a late sixties Strat mm-hmm. that, that I, I, um, I was, I, that he shaved all the paint off it, and I traded oh. a bicycle. I traded my my bike for it, my bicycle uh-huh. for it when I was like sixteen or seventeen. And I ended up, I ended up, I, I hitchhiked around with that thing a lot, and I, I ended up. It was actually, I wish I still had it because it'd be worth a lot of money. But sure, but it was really, it was kind of, it was a weird, it was a weird kind of funky. It was, yeah, it was. He had. A, a, he had put a humbucker in the neck position <laughs> and he cut one of the horns off. What? So it was more, so it was more like a jazz master. Like okay. He cut the lower, more angular. He cut the, yes. He cut the lower horn off. So it was more shaped like, a, like an offset guitar. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, so it was one of those. It was like, and I, I traded a bike for it and that was my first real guitar and, and I, um, I was pretty screwed up then. Like I was, I was drinking a lot and I right. was just, just partying, doing everything I could to just only party pretty much. And right. basically I moved in with, um, my girlfriend at the time. She was, she was, um, um, uh, she was like a dancer, like a, uh, 
a stripper dancer. Okay. She did, she, <laughs> she, um, but she was older than me, and she she had her own place, and like we she she's probably just felt sorry for me or something. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I ended up. I ended up. She was a really cool lady too. Um, but she had problems of her own. She had sure. she had problems, and we we kind of related. I think M- most strippers usually her. come from a problematic background. Yeah, that wasn't like her main thing. Like she's she wasn't. It wasn't like yeah. She she wasn't. She wasn't she a classic stripper. Together. Okay. Yeah, she yeah she wouldn't think of her. She was like a real, she was a classy, like creative woman too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she had other aspirations and she just, back then it was like a, God, it was such a weird, like a hardcore kind of scene where you'd meet all these, at least I met the the hardcore punks from the street, like the kids that were just, but anyway, so I moved in with her, and I lived with her for a while. And I was like uh, 17, and and her apartment was broken into and ransacked, and it was that that strat was stolen. Ah. And then, um, so, but then, then I, 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 um, I had like some really bad, some really dark times in, in that time period. I. Mm-hmm. I um, but anyway, that and I that a couple months later, it led it led to like like my first treatment center, and I and I got sobered up and started getting my act together, and I got this Ivan as Roadstar. It was a great guitar. It was one pickup, like a real simple one, cheap, okay. like inexpensive Roadstar. What, what kind of shape? I'm not familiar with that model. What is it modeled on? I mean, what is it like? Um, it it was like a Strat type guitar. Okay. The, the mm-hmm. neck is is the neck is a is a like the perfect one piece maple mm-hmm. classic Strat neck. Okay. And it it was and then it had a humbucker in the bridge and that was it. So it so not a separate just, fretboard material, just a solid neck and fret fretboard. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Just a really good, like really nice neck on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I kept the neck. <laughs> but uh, um, but so yeah, I had I I that guitar I modified. I put three pickups in it. I gutted it, and I ended up wallpapering it paisley. I I made a paisley guitar out of it. I I, <laughs> I put it. I I did all my experimenting on that guitar. <laughs> right. Got it out but, of your um, system, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the body was yeah, the body was like by the time I got done with it it was like a throwaway. I, right. I, I put like a Kaler on it. I it you know, I took the stock bridge off and and um so so that was that, you know. I, I, um, I ended up. I actually took that down to Miami and back with me. That thing lasted through thick and. And then in New York, when I came back, I, <laughs> I took it apart and just tossed it because <laughs> it was right. such a piece of crap by then. Right. And it went through like, like 
I went through a hurricane down there, and no doubt it got wet. I think the body got wet from the the house being a little destroyed. But but the neck didn't warp. No, the the neck survived. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's like totally, yeah. So I'm 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 gonna put that thing on on probably a Strat body or something like or a Jazzmaster body. You know what my first electric was? Because I, I was in a I was in a Johnny Winter then hint hint so yeah I went out. Oh cool! I got a Firebird. I got a Firebird I got a yeah. Firebird. But get this, cool. I've got to be about fourteen maybe yeah about fourteen. Oh man, he was great. I, I saw oh, him back then, he, like in his oh, heyday, he was so good. I never saw him live, I, but I mean he, he you know oh, he he was so my guy. Fourteen. Yeah, when I got when I got the when, when got I got the Firebird. Yeah, I was working at I was working at uh, I was working at a Sam Goody's record store uh, in wow. Brooklyn, and there was a music Whoa. shop that we passed, you know, going going to and from work, and so I got it, and I loved it. However, I'm a dumb kid, okay, and one <laughs> of the one of the screw holes for one of the pickup screw holes was yeah. loose, and so that pickup because it's magnetic, it would come up to the screen uh, to the strings. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, this is bad. The guitar is bad. It's you know, it's broken, and because I didn't know anything <laughs> yeah. about fixing it or that you could, right? So I yeah, sell it to a friend. Yeah. I so I sell it to one of my buddies, right? Yeah. I mean, and do I mean, do I ever regret that? I mean, that's a classic guitar, and of course that would have been an easy <laughs> yeah. fix. But you're a teenager, and you're not, you know, you're not thinking in your yeah. right mind, and you're just impulsive, right? So yeah, yeah. We all got those. Of course. You know, uh, <laughs> why do you think they call it teenage years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I had I had a firebird. Then, I had so it was a two pick. It was a two humbucker one, not the three. So I think when like a was it like a I forget the numbers they had a, you know nice. they had like three different models. Yeah, but good old John. Now John, is Johnny was Johnny were, were the Winter Brothers from East Texas also? Oh yes, yes they were. Yeah. So they're from the they Houston area. From out, outside of Houston. Beaumont. I know they grew up in a church. Beaumont, I think, seeing, right? Seeing gospel. Yes, yes, yes. Beaumont. Beaumont, Texas. And they, they, they grew up singing gospel and playing in the gospel band and stuff. Right. Well, That's I found out about them through through Edgar because Edgar had a huge hit with Frankenstein when I was a kid. Yes. Oh, killer, I mean, right? Oh wow! Well, what a jam. Rick oh. Derringer for sure, man. Rick yeah. Derringer for days on that jam. That was that yeah. was wild. Such a great. That that's like really cool stuff. Yeah, with Edgar and Rick, and it was like um pretty amazing. Yeah, that piece of music. <laughs> yeah, they were both putting out some great music. Videos of that. Sure, sure. That's great yeah. stuff. Well, listen, yeah. Dan, I gotta, I gotta get moving on here. What, I, what I'd like to do is this. Um, you yeah. know, I'd like to schedule with you another time because there's so, much, I mean, it's so easy to talk to you, and you've got such great stories, and I feel there's so much to talk about. So if it's okay with you, maybe a little bit down the road, we'll hook up oh, again sure. and just kind of, you know, carry on. And what, what I'm gonna oh, do, sure, yeah. what I'm gonna do too is I'm gonna get with you offline, and we'll figure out. Uh, some music I'm going to put in some of your music uh, in the show I might even break this one up into two parts 
and and put some music in and, ma- and maybe like make a two-parter out of this. So I'll hook uh, up with you yeah, offline, yeah. off mic about that. So for right now, I want to thank you and uh, say good night because I know it's kind of late where you are. But hey, it, it's yeah. been great, man. I mean, I feel like I, I'm talking. I feel like I know you forever, kind of thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, totally. it's really easy yeah. to talk with you. So right I'm going to go ahead yeah. and, and uh, kill the tape at this point. So Dan, thanks for coming on A Connector, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks so much, man. Be, you bet. It's been really cool. You bet. Okay. All right. Bye.